0: Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where as always, Twilight and Olympus, I am Super Metal Brother Matt.
1: And I'm Super Metal Brother Symphony X Dan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are actually in our new location, we have upgraded, lots to talk about, but uh, before we get into that, I actually wanted to give a thank you out to the person who recommended this week's review, Danny.
1: Yeah, definitely, I think this is our first like legit album review, well... We're considering it as an album request because they recommended this band. And we said, yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. Yep. And it was released on the 1st of January, which means it is technically a 2017 album.
0: And with that, we have to thank our friends of the Carson's. Uh, we have uh, the album, *Mechana* as Amber's Turn to Dust, Danny. Ooh, very, very controversial. Ben and Amy, was it?
1: Ben and Amy. There
0: you go. Thank you, Ben and Amy, for that. And I hope you like what we have to say. Hopefully, they are good things if they're not, Danny.
1: No, oh, well, we lose two of our four fans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, our hits have taken a massive spike downwards. Actually,
1: I don't mind Christmas is coming up and sending out like half the amount of Christmas cards is quite easy. We're also going to talk about wearing a
0: heavy metal shirt if you aren't a metalhead, yay or nay. The fans have definitely given their responses to it and obviously you want to hear our response to it. There's been even the media getting into it as well on both sides. So, you know, we thought we would finally cut that massive sexual tension in the air and just finally make out already. And uh, before we get into all that, Danny, we got to talk the news. Straight off the bat, Sharon Osborne says that Ozzy also cheated with a Russian teenager, masseuses, plural, there's the yeah. yes there, and also reveals how she caught them. Uh, just to go into it a little bit, uh, these are Sharon's words, this, there wasn't just one woman. There were six of them. Some of them an effing Russian teenager, then the masseuse in England, then the masseuse out in here in Los Angeles, and then the cook. Danny, how does Ozzy have such good game at his
1: age of what is he? 800 now?
0: I mean, he's been doing Black Sabbath for at least 70 years. So how does he do it?
1: Oh, that's amazing. I mean, all that cocaine in the 80s. Maybe like, <laughs> maybe his like his penis is like just always like. Red how does he chat up
0: chicks when he can barely talk? You know, he can barely remember the lo- lyrics when it comes to playing live. So, yeah. how does
1: he do it? That's, that's actually interesting. You're right. Because maybe because he like he mumbles and murmurs and stutters. Like, oh, he's just so shy. That's what I'll, I'll look after. I'll make you feel good. <laughs> They're like, oh, he's like he's like a
0: teddy bear. Or he's like my dog. And my dog's cute. But you don't have sex with your dog, do you, masseuse? But maybe in Russia they do with these
1: masseuses. I don't know. The interesting thing, like Sharon goes, if you're going to give uh, Ozzy a rub or cook for him, you're in trouble. If you if you want to like get some of the Black Sabbath money, that is the best way to do it. Just go in like him, and just rub his shoulders a bit. All right, <laughs> sexual harassment, panda. <laughs> He's like, oh, d- do you want a bone, Sharon? Now I'm the masseuse. but yes. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the dits like sent an email to Sharon and said one of his mistresses, and that's how he got caught out. So technology is not for everybody.
0: But at the end of the day, she's still there. She can't leave the guy and uh, she can't leave that black Sabbath money for the, all those strippers and uh,
1: masseuses am I right Danny yeah I reckon I mean you shouldn't cheat on people but at the same time just leave Sharon just leave
0: yeah in that sense though we've got uh, why Jeff Loomis wanted to play seven strings Danny there's only one band who is that band Danny
1: actually I wonder probably some like, Indian guy he has his that, that thing guitar the sitars yeah. or something yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe Loomis meant them but he said sugar. You did say "My Sugar. I, I think,
0: um, like, uh, there's two ways of doing it, I think, when you're stealing seven strings. Either you steal it from, like, a good band like My Sugar, or you steal it from bad bands like Gent.
1: <laughs> Wait, Gent isn't, like, a genre, Gent? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm just talking the whole <laughs> this whole thing. This whole thing. Stop, Gent. Stop, just yeah. stop it.
0: It's, um, now, in all honesty, though, that's the power of My Sugar, though. I mean, we've talked about it before how some of the many bands. I've just ripped them off. And it, it's, it actually is it just, it's dumbfounded. It's caused a whole entire drummer. But it's good to know that even guys who do write music that doesn't compromise just making the sound of shutting a door, you know, other bands that sold seven string have used it for good instead of evil.
1: Good, really? They solve crime <laughs> using stuttering like guitar riffs.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think they do. Um, What about Tool though? We got uh, frontman Maynard at James Keenan. He's profiled the uh, Art of Work which is basically like this whole YouTube thing where he goes into describing his work ethic when it comes to um, wine making and creating music. So if it's anything like creating music, I I'm imagine he makes one like one bottle of wine every twelve years. Then he yeah, and that's how you make your money.
1: <laughs> when you, you supply a limited grain or a limited uh, like top wine, man, that's where you make the money.
0: Yeah, one bottle that you need to sell. I mean, like I think I read that Tool haven't released an album since two thousand and six. Yeah, something something silly like that. Eleven yeah. years, and he runs a business like that. It's uh, interesting to know. I think what he means to say is that. You can't do both. So, I'm either doing yeah, music right. or or I'm doing that. And that's kind of the way it is. So, I think with Maynard, it's like, it's obviously working for him. He loves his wine and being a musician might be hard. So, give him the break. of benefit of the doubt, Danny?
1: That's a, well, maybe his wine's that good. He's drunk all the time. And he's like, you yeah. know what? Nah, no more music.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I, I did it last week. Dude, like you were hung over the whole time, the last 16 years, man, whatever. Um, Not that we're too caring, we aren't the Tool fans here, but uh, for those who are, you got your reason to blame, all right? Wine. Um, Phil Anselmo blasts false journalism, Danny, in the metal community, suggesting he is a racist. Does he have a point or is he inclined to be put on that uh, white shit over his head and play Casper the racist ghost, Danny?
1: (laughs) I always hated the Halloween special. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they say that N-word quite a lot on this show. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't get it. I thought it thought was supposed to be friendly.
0: Like, let, let's bring people to speed. Uh, he was doing a gig somewhere in probably South America or South... I mean, South of South America. South of America, USA, whatever. The you Bible know? Belt. And um, he did a joke and it was basically, he gave the salute, the, the white power salute and said, white power. I think it was taken as a joke. But um, Danny, is there any truth to this? Did he go too far or was it the media just taking it out of context and needed a story?
1: Well, this is apparently, if you read the article, Phil says there was a couple of guys who were causing trouble and he kept telling them to be quiet, be quiet, blah, blah, blah. And for some reason that came to his go-to move. Again, he's saying it was out of context. He said he meant it as a joke. Oh, it's, it's hard to say if you're not there. But I love yeah. what he did.
0: He did the typical white guy thing when you're being um, getting called races, and he went to... I've got black friends. My teacher was black.
1: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I can't be racist. He's a black guy, <laughs> bro. What's going on? So like that Sanford episode where like George Costanza like calls his like black boss uh, Sugar Ray Lennox because he reckons, and he's like, oh, us black people look alike to you, hey George? And then he has to try to befriend any black person. He yeah, and he goes
0: out with friends with the janitor or something. Yeah, he's like, yeah, dude, he takes him out to tea yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe
1: it feels like that. You see him like him and like. Cosmo Kramer or like Michael Ridges walk behind, like Jesse Jackson says, No, nah, we do love black people. Look, we love Jesse Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're. Uh, if I had to say
0: it, I think, um, you know, it was a poorly t- told joke. And the problem is, I think when people get too comfortable, when they're around friends and that, that would be taken one way. But in a very uh, sensitive climate right now, and that's not just in the USA, I mean, here in Australia right now, there's certain things that, um, you know, you really can't give. Any kind of like satire or any kind of payout with, um, yeah. but then again, you know, I we haven't gone to the lengths of praying to his personal life and seeing his tally of uh, you know, guys who look like the guys from GDA San Andreas though, either. So, well, who are we to right, know? Like,
1: and Phil, if you want to do a joke, leave the comedy to like the professionals, like, <laughs> like not us, but someone, someone out there is pretty good at the job.
0: <laughs> well, what about Manowar, Dan? Apparently, they're not fans of the feminist tribute band Womanowar. Now, why would they'd be offended by a group that's uh, pretending to fight crime that doesn't exist, (laughs) Danny.
1: I think the name's terrible. I mean, like, (laughs) at least (laughs) be original, you know? Like, if you're going to be called Man of War, Woman of War, come on, man, That sounds that's not even trying. There must be, like, a clever song or something. Like the
0: Iron Maidens, when you've got that really hot chick, you know, in... um, Nikita Strauss. Nikita Strauss is in Alice Cooper. But we're talking about now the whole thing with... um, you know, Woman O' War, and the, apparently it's kind of like they don't like them to a point, or someone in the camp of Man of War doesn't like them. They've put a uh,
1: a cease and desist kind of thing on YouTube or something. Yeah, exactly right. There's no real like statement why they just have banned them or stopped them from playing. I think their cover of um, a Man of War song on YouTube. So apparently, they, mm-hmm. I guess they feel like more so their um, uh, PR. Is it P.I.? What's PR. it? PR. Uh, nah, what is that thing called? Uh, Intellectual property. Oh, I mean, right. that's being affected and losing income. But
0: the, the irony is that a lot of these guys that made made fun of by the metal media saying that they don't know how to use um, you know the modern technology. So there is no real intelligence <laughs> <laughs> when it
1: comes to the computer world. Yeah, you could see a bunch of these guys like chess. So
0: either they're trying to stop some bad covers getting formed, or they take offence, or either or. I I think it's it's interesting because normally like the the argument is here even if they're bad, it's like the band's getting more recognition, you know, it's something's coming up. So, for them to have such a visceral reaction to it or someone in the camp is, um, like,
1: what's the big problem? Like, you guys are getting popular and more rich now. What's the problem? Yeah. And this ties tie in beautifully to our story regarding heavy metal shirts and getting more popularity. So, we'll pick up a little bit later. Though. Yeah, we'll
0: take this up a little bit later on, but we will go to uh, Judas Priest with Rob Halford on his gay life, being a gay man, I guess you could say. he's uh, he's gone to say, in some parts of the world, people... Uh, get thrown up for buildings for being like himself, you know, by identifying as the lead of Judas Priest, I'd imagine. <laughs> um, in a crazy world, isn't it? You think by, by now, you've figured out things and live and let live and love and let live and love and just accept each other for who they are. Life is short. Not quite the sense of right now, is it? Danny, Day with the poor bloke? Or I guess in the whole context of the world, um, who would have thought that people would hate uh, power metal that much, though, Danny?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse, meant to like, attack power metal? It's actually quite a true story. Like he said, he pretty much just dropped the bomb through like an MTV uh, interview. So like they're just interviewing him about something random, and then he just came out and said, oh, yeah, as a gay man, and everyone's oh wait, 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 what, what happened here? What? But he's saying he got like massive love, massive support, and he was saying it was great because like he said the metal commu- community and the like the rock community were very like uh, they are always the undone don't pay attention and. For him to get that positive response, it actually showed you that the middle community is pretty um, progressive minded and progressive. People say it somewhat differently, saying we're all a bunch of male chauvinistic pigs. But Yeah, you know. but
0: I mean, let's not uh, talk about uh, feminist uh, tribute bands unless we really have to, I guess, Danny. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, bullet for My Valentine. We almost came to blows. Uh, the lead singer has come out. And uh, talked about what it's like to kind of rule the the roost, as it would seem, and you know, kind of like his way of the highway. Uh, many other bands do this, Danny. I guess Guns N' Roses pops to mind. It really does feel like the actual Rose hour every hour. Um, but what did you get from this
1: whole entire interview? Uh yeah, I didn't really read this interview. Yeah, bad. it was
0: kind of obnoxious because I like, can uh, kind of skim over it, and it's kind of like ah, oh, whatever. But uh, I just, guess you know, like the the best point I found from it though was talking about. Um, the line when it comes to touring. And he was saying how people, when they're in their bunks, like, these guys have a tour bus now. And when you're making tour bus money to like tent money, it's a big difference, right? Hmm. And they're saying when the curtain's pulled across, you don't go in there. And that's because they're probably jerking off. But I like to think that when the curtain in their bunks pulled across, it's like, no, that's their time. And you can't actually go in that space. An actual safe space, you know?
1: They are an emo band, so it it, it could be correct. Maybe they're crying to like Britney Spears albums. They're like, oh, leave her alone.
0: Yeah, um, but it it makes sense because, like, when you're on the road with each other, you have to see each other every day. And then when you go off the stage, if you've had a fight or something, there they are. You know, it's not like a marriage where you can go to the pub or, you know, get a divorce. Unless, well, you can't get a divorce, I guess, in the band.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think these guys, they're they're probably going, like, through puberty themselves, and they're probably trying to discover themselves, and they don't want people to, like, attack and get aggressive to them, so... There's probably all these other emotions going through a band. Maybe one of them simply loves the other guy in a band and he doesn't know how to come out and say it. So she'll write an album about it. Or do like Taylor Swift does and Just keep breaking out with people So basically he's has been the
0: alpha mayor to prove to him that he's strong and independent, but really underneath all that, he's a vulnerable, lonely man. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And he wants him to open the bunk curtain windows. (laughs) And it's like, let me help you with that (laughs) erection. Oh my
1: God. Like, for some reason there's like a a pottery wheel there and the, the soundtrack the ghost is playing.
0: You a pottery bun like, hey, in, in, the, in the bus? What the hell? <laughs> hey, that,
1: that, that's bullet for Valentine money can afford pottery wheels.
0: Ah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I forgot to talk about this with Ozzy Osbourne before, uh, but he actually said that Zach Wilde's guitar playing now is unbelievably good. Uh, he's just said uh, to an interview, we've just done a few gigs, we're doing one every month, and his playing is unbelievably good now. Um... That begs the question that his playing wasn't that good before then, Danny, is it? Yeah, it's interesting that, isn't it? I mean, he's good enough for Derek Sherinian, who was literally the keyboardist for Dream Theater at one time, but he's not good enough for Ozzy Osbourne. But again, with his solid A game of picking up uh, masseuses and, and hairdressers,
1: uh, maybe there is a lot to learn. Maybe, maybe he thinks like Zach Wilder is a masseuse. <laughs> he's confused. <getting laughs> he's like, no, you're really good at that guitar, Zach. Yeah. Come, come back to my tour bus, we'll open up the curtains. He's a
0: very heavily bearded masseuse. <laughs> he's
1: got strong hands. He's strong hands. You
0: know, um, you know, with Ozzy Osbourne, it's just who knows, right? Who knows what sexuality he's going for. But uh, I think at one point when Zach Wilder didn't have the beard, he was a pretty hot looking dude.
1: Yeah, back in the A's, man, Yeah, like those like... Um, like schoolboy, good look type thing, yeah, yeah. And then, but then he like beefed up, and then he got rugged, and yeah. But he also seems pretty like funny. Like he does some really funny like video clips, and he does this clip where he puts all this crap in his like a wood oven, and he's got like a button on there saying like what guitar he wants. So he pushes this bit of button on a bit of cardboard saying yeah. like blah blah guitar, and it opens the door. Oh, look, it's a brand new guitar. So yeah. That's pretty cool. He does some funny stuff like that. It's it's one of those you got to see it things. I really I,
0: I, I think so because um, hearing it didn't freak me out. I did see him though. He likes to feature the doll from The Exorcist though, and that makes uh, oh like there's this you know the girl from The Exorcist. He had all the cuts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's made her into like this like part of his thing every time. So he asked for a pin. He'll dress him up. He'll dress her up in like black label society clothing and stuff. You know, real funny stuff like that. So I didn't know what you're talking about, but um. Yeah, she,
1: This is not like a cry for hell, but like, Zach in trouble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Blake, Zach, if you want us to save you from Ozzy, just give us a wink, all right? Uh, yeah,
1: that's right. Uh,
0: we have to talk about the Metalhead of the Week. I don't think we've done this in a while, Danny, the Metalhead of the Week. Nah, not for a while. No. But it's really got to come back, because anyone who opposes Gene Simmons as much as the Super Metal oh, Brothers yeah. does, then uh, let's talk about Danny Filth, wow. calls out Gene Simmons. Yeah. He says he's an idiot for trying to claim the devil horns. Uh, Gene Simmons is just an idiot, he says. If he could, he'd patent the air. I'm sure he invented anything. Yeah, basically, whatever he doesn't invent is what he goes on to say. He wants to copyright, you know, and whatever was in trademark, he wants to slice of that uh, that money. And for that, he's calling him an idiot. Uh, for that, I would say congratulations, Gene. Uh, sorry, congratulations, Danny Filthman. man. Uh, you are the Medal of the Week.
1: Yeah, for a guy who like wears contacts all the time during interviews, even that there's no need. Like, there's really or sunglasses. Contacts. Like,
0: it's always sunny and douche valve, Bill. But, <laughs>
1: Especially like in England, there's no such sun in England. Yeah, but the, the best part of that—all <laughs> beaches, <laughs> yeah, all beaches. We got beaches, so who the? Fuck go <laughs> yeah, don't go to England. Yeah, I, I think the finest part of our Danny filth's quote when he goes. Uh, it, it was uh, trees, he invented them, shoes, walking. I attribute everything to the great Gene Simmons. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hail Gene Simmons. Oh, hail, hail Gene Simmons. Maybe that's what Phil film was, was doing. He actually put his hand out to say, hail Gene Simmons, and for some reason came out as white power. You know, they're very similar oh, words. Oh, Gene true. Simmons, white power, they sound quite similar.
0: Yeah, um, hail, because he's like, because they're fully white and they're corpse paint. You know, Kiss, they're actually yeah. white. Yeah. So, hail oh, white wow. power. But maybe, you know, he, he didn't obviously
1: the black. Yeah, so it's Kiss reference. This could be like the Chewbacca defense at South Park. It's like the Gene Simmons defense. Like, sure, sure my client was a dick, but was he Gene Simmons' dick? <laughs> nah, nah, that's a good point, mate. You're off. Yeah, that's right. That triple homicide, just ignore it.
0: <laughs> don't try to track back the horns and we'll get you back in here, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, why don't we just ruin our career by talking about Decapitated? I'm sure you guys uh, wanted us to. Uh, right now, there's an investigation going on decapitated right now are being accused of raping Mm. at least one girl there was two girls apparently that went into this uh, van uh, after the show and one of them came out raped I think yeah Um, the thing is though is obviously right now you've seen the court documents with all the side from one side but the guys from decapitated right now are like well hold on not in their home country right now they want to like step back get a proper translator and don't do anything until you know the right thing Mm. comes in basic question man I always react to these things like I would when I was in my teens it's like how does this affect me and I like to think right now that uh, at first I'm like wow decapte like did some really good albums like you know back in the day uh, I really I really didn't mind um, stuff in the middle section not so the early section but uh, organic hallucinations and stuff like that I really liked. But then I was also like, oh, if they're good, it's not too bad because the last two albums kind of sucked. So how am I supposed to feel right now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> That's one um, wrong way of looking at it, yeah. How should I look at it, Danny? Oh, I don't know. I think, I think you're right. It's too early really to look at it. I mean, all these things here... Oh, it's hard. I mean, it's got an uh, yeah. anejak reaction so hard that it's knocked
0: literally the kettle off the table. Literally, like it's gone ahead and burnt yeah. Nana Marge, and so right now we're looking at her peeling her skin off. Um, yeah. As as metal as that image is. Uh, we really can't know until all the facts come through and the trial is processed. Until then, yeah,
1: until uh, we can only speculate. Well, exactly right. So, yeah, we probably won't spend too much on this because uh, I have a feeling this would be a lot of news coming out in the next couple of weeks. We'll keep in touch with that. So, to finish it off with Chris Boderick, if you're playing guitar for
0: any other reason than the love of it, then you're in for a lot of frustration. It is. Uh, he found out the hard way when he had his bandmates kind of going through him with the ranks and eventually they just stopped and said, dude, this is all for nothing. And the point is, then it's like, well, you're looking at it the wrong way. If you're growing as a musician and as a person, um, then in essence, aren't you then on that lifelong journey as, to to accomplish
1: whatever it is before you die? Well, I mean, that's like the cheesiest thing I think I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have a joke to it. Um, spending
0: a lot of time playing guitar. Uh, to make money is kind of like well why don't you just do something that actually makes you money like there's plenty of degrees at university like the best quote i've ever heard was why try to rip people off illegally when you can go to college and learn to rip off people
1: legally you know what's the what's the big problem well i guess that's the best place because a lot of these like especially america those colleges charge bullshit rates that's right right. you want
0: you want to get the biggest welfare check of your life don't become an employee be a bank they get all the money, you yeah. know? So um, when he's saying here like that, uh, if you're doing it other than the love, he's right. Because at the end of the day, metalheads want you to sometimes show a very high technical level. But that problem is that it only appeals to a very small market as well. Yeah,
1: that's true. You see it's like, his catch, isn't it, man? Yeah, you see all these like pop guys, like those Ed Sheeran blokes. You play like two or three chords the whole song and they freaking make banging money. Banging your
0: misses, you know, malt. your mum loves. And they're selling records to the... People who can afford it or can't afford it, that's the parents of the 13-year-olds that are buying it. But metalheads are too smart for that, so they might listen to it on YouTube or maybe <laughs> buy the one song they really like. Um, you know, it's, it is is a problem. But uh, anything else in the article
1: got, you, got your attention, all Denny? No, I was pretty sure that article. But I think the, the part that you're in a lot of frustration if you if you don't play it for the love. But I thought even if you play guitar, you still can be frustrated, like especially this tight technical stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah it's yeah. always a glass ceiling where you go play and play and play and then you like feel like you're getting somewhere and then someone will come up with the technique and then you'll be like, there it is again. You know, you want to learn that and uh, it's all part of it, you know. Or even the frustration of literally becoming so good that you can play everything and seeing Ed Sheeran make all that money that uh, you're not going to see.
1: Yeah, that's true. And then all of a sudden you think really, you've really mastered your instrument and something like another guitarist you don't know if it comes back. Oh,
0: really exactly.
1: you do that and then that fuel of frustration which got you into metal the first time has gotten even worse
0: and more intense and so,
1: then to get to relieve your frustration you use your hand to strum something else <laughs> well you have got a girlfriend because N.H. Sheehan's taking her so you must.
0: Sure. <laughs> all right guys we're going to head off to the uh, podcast question of this week podcast question of the week non-metal heads wearing metal t-shirts yay or nay Danny that is the question
1: yeah, this is always a this, this is very decisive. Again, it's one of those topics where it's like if you if you like follow sporting team and someone decides to wear that sporting team, even though they don't like that sporting team, they're like, I mean they don't even like football. They're like AFL. You're like, well, you don't even like football. Why are you wearing that Guernsey for? But for some reason, now the uh, music scene is bucking that trend, and a lot of these bands like you know Guns N' Roses, AC/DC, and Ramones, you get them down like a Kmart. And people wearing it just because they like the, the shirt, they don't know one song from the band.
0: Yeah, so we've asked the fans and friends because we know that uh, the metal community is divided. And you ask someone like Christina Scarbia, and she might be more inclined to like say, "What? Oh, maybe it's so, it's so bad, you know, the imagery." But then what about people like the Kardashians and Slayer? You know, we can talk about that a little bit later on. So let's talk about it from the very top with Josh Rigby. Now, is Josh Rigby disturbs why Well, not really. It's just a fashion thing. People do the same with video games, cartoons, comics, and etc. Very responsible. He actually plays guitar for a South Australian metal metalcore band called Arcadia as well. So I'm sure he wouldn't mind if maybe 7,000 people bought an Arcadia T-shirt and started wearing it. And he's like, "Yeah, you never saw our stuff. That's cool. We get to go play in England now. So like, all good." Uh, Mel Bullion, lead singer as well. Um, more advertising for us. So it looks like the metal bands aren't caring too much. Uh, Andrew Bignell. Yeah, I kind of do. And this is our first metalhead fan. Right, so he's like legit. This guy loves the metal. Seeing him at the uh, when he was in Adelaide a lot in the uh, circuit. He just that's how I got to know him because he used to go to so many shows. Um, yeah, he kind of does. Seeing the Kardashians wandering around with a Slayer shirt for some reason just annoyed him. Let's get into that in a sec. All right, so keep that in mind. When we talk about it. Just since Catania, my boyfriend does when I wear Metallica tops. I'm guessing he's she's wearing his Metallica tops. Then, Danny. that's right there could be more to that story yeah we'll we'll go into that a little bit second uh andrea andre vandeker yes he just says yes it does bother him he didn't go into why but that's all right we can answer for you dude i'm sure you'll like my answer danny's uh he'll work on it uh kaya elliott danny unless you know them how do you know if they don't like the music i mean sometimes it's just obvious but you know like said promotion ain't bad. I still will say how this was so sh- uh, shit. If I saw someone wearing one of these shirts, I would punch them. Yeah, and this is what I love about the metal industry right now—how passionate they are about people who don't necessarily belong. Because it really isn't an out- a clan of outcasts, any, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely right. I think that, that after, look, we'll, we'll get more of that into it regarding that whole thing. Like metalheads feel like outcasts. We 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 like this music because how we feel and listen to it. People who don't like the music feel like they can just wear it. So there is an emotional connection, but we'll, we'll get more. Into yeah,
0: that, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Monica Ansel
0: I'm going to do this now, just to piss you off, Manny. Uh, that isn't very nice, Mansell. And I must agree that uh, whoever has to work with you during the day must be very annoyed at you and very frustrated.
1: Yeah, I bet you that she looks like a really fat ass as well, and her jeans look terrible. Chris Boderick level
0: frustrated at you right now. No kidding. Uh, Graham Hannah Elliot. Uh, sorry, Graham Annette Hannah. I even middle those up. Uh, yeah, I'm not limiting it to the metal. Heavy metal is all genres. So, like uh, when everyone's wearing the Ramones t shirts, now she's not a metalhead per se, mm. but she feels frustrated because she is a fan, obviously, I think, of the Ramones. Mm. So, when she sees people wearing the shirts that are and all that, then, you know, that's yeah. kind of a big deal.
1: There's this classic click on like Facebook or YouTube, and there's like, they're young, they're probably like, 18 year olds, 16 year old kids. And in the background, oh, there's this girl, she's wearing a Nirvana shirt because she's probably like, because it it's that big smiley face with the cross eyes, whatever. Um, and they're playing smells like teen spirit in the background and this guy goes up to his oh man do you know what band plays this this song and she's like oh no nah. and he didn't, then he zooms in on his shirt and goes you sure you don't know what band plays this
0: Traitor! song
1: Traitor! Um, yeah we're going yeah. Daniel I thought oh, no, it
0: was you that responded to it oh okay I'll have to move no. on <laughs> we'll get to your answer in a second uh, Richie Dunn Danny uh, while it might be an unpopular opinion I don't think it is so terrible Almost like free advertising. Obviously, that photo of Kendall is pretty bad. It's still having the band's name out there and an audience that might not even heard their stuff before. Plus, I don't think like Slayer would even change their sound due to someone like, okay, they wearing the shirt. Um, and then even... Uh, Evan, sorry, you're one of your boy... Oh, is it Ken oh, I'm not yeah, sure. So yeah, Evan,
1: Evan posted a picture up of... Kendall Jenner right. wearing that slash shirt and then underneath there was a quote she did back in two thousand thirteen saying, Oh, who can even like listen to metal yuck or something like that? Yeah. And she's caught wearing a metal shirt and yeah.
0: Okay, so let's go into now. They're all they're all true. I think the end I of know. the day, really, if your band is getting promotion, uh, and there's someone's buying their stuff, provided they are buying it and went through the right things, I know. The the Kardashians at one point I think were
1: stealing imagery. Oh, terrible! You know, and using that for their own shirts. No, not just that, yeah. They're, they're putting their face, which they've had no no right to like do because they 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 haven't done anything for society. Yeah, they thought their face was appropriate to blast over like band shirts and logos of famous bands. So that, that's that's a different style of douchebaggery. That's like gene level douchebaggery. Yeah, but anyway.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, and I think right now we need to talk about the villains of metal and i think that's the whole thing with the kardashians and they're great as far as having that ju- that juxtaposition for metal to to, to really rip, uh, fight against and this is why it's such a good resistance movement is that when things like this happen when this appropriation of a culture that they know nothing about it's like you get you get the, the back to the wall because these people feel really passionate about this kind of music and to have the pop industry you know take all the stuff they like out of it but not get a understanding for what it really is to be a metalhead is, is really interesting, I think I find, any, And maybe that's why we get such a backlash from the fans.
1: Yeah, it's definitely right. I mean, people like saying they get into metal because they love the music, they love the culture, they love the people, and they feel very passionate about it. Like a sporting team, you, you get into it, you breathe it it, you love it. And if you see someone else out there, who pretty much is like your opposition, your enemy wearing your shirt, you're like, but you, you stand for everything which is not metal. You, yeah. you don't like the music, you don't appreciate the abilities of the musicians.
0: you fake uh, breast jobs for your 20 fake personalities for your fake tv show where you pretend to have problems that uh, any of us would dream to even have you know
1: yeah you're probably the same people in high school who used to make fun of guys who listen to metal and that's right sure people change get older but it's just like yeah so
0: the question i want to ask you danny is does it piss you off when people wear metal shirts not metal heads
1: yeah look it, it it does I mean like I know yeah. I know here we are sitting here as metalheads like yeah we want
0: like all our favourite ones to get thing, but go on sorry
1: I can see some of those guys points you're right it is free advertisement for bands and those bands love they get more cash but I'd like to say it's free advertisement to a degree because when people like the Kendall f- fans and friends listen to heavy metal I don't know how many of her fans would like heavy metal music but look if if five of her millions of followers like it that's five more than would not have liked it before mm. so look I see from a marketing point of view it makes sense and bands they want to get their brand out they free marketing especially for people who are that big it is free marketing against these but these people aren't wearing like small bands like Slay and Metallica people already know who they are so again it doesn't really matter because she probably bought that shirt from like one of these high-end fashion places like H&M who decide to sell these shirts now. Because
0: when you're wearing at your shirt you're actually representing a part of your personality in the metal culture. Like when you wear a patch or something like that, there's a reason for it. And there's probably a reason like they got you through a troubled time or you're connected with, with a philosophy or a lyric in that. And it's far deeper than the, ah, oh, the chorus was catchy in their first single or I think she's really hot or whatever, you know, which is, you know, it has its place, I guess. But at the end of the day, that's what I think metal culture really has about it is this connection to not only the artist but the artwork itself and it's quite profound I guess in that sense so when you see like you know Jenny fake tits McGee running around with her cut off Slayer shirt and stuff like that and not knowing who the band is it's like dude you know you're a phony and uh, Metalhead's we don't do well with uh, that uh, mooching off other things just uh, for recognition, you know? It comes a bit deeper than that, I guess. Yeah,
1: exactly right. You're right. It's, it's all about being a phony thing. These, I mean, these guys, see these pop world people, they get, their whole life is based on phony. It's about pretending to be musicians musician so you can make yourself as a model and make money through your modeling career and advertisements. It's part of it. You don't write your own music, you don't play your own, write your own instrumentation yeah. or nothing. You're literally out there modeling and some of these people not even sing live or perform live. So they're pretty much out there just to get millions of dollars a year, being like a model. Yeah, and and and, and so the, 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 that's it's a phony life. So then you have the metal. Who these guys here try so hard to get their music out? Will come and play for three hundred people in Adelaide and at the same time playing of tens of thousand people in Europe. And it's like that. That's what it's about. It's about being true and being embracing. I don't see any of these like famous celebrity guys wearing like I don't know, Tacobell shirts. Let's say for some off the top of my head or any of these small band shirts. So they they're not doing it because they want to help metal bands or appreciate the stuff. They're just doing it because they they like, the shit looks cool or something. Yeah.
0: The thing I found though is that I do like the end of the day that uh, an artist can get recognized though. So even though I might be like, they might not like the music or know who the band is, they might see the artwork itself. And that for me is the only point that I came with a problem thinking about this is that I am a massively into the artistic side. That's why I buy all my CDs generally. And only up until we did the podcast, I had to then decide, no, it's just way cheaper for me to buy the songs through a service. You know, Some of these bands are charging literally $10 for the whole album uh, to buy all the songs. And I'm like, wow, cause I'm buying these albums for 20 to 30 bucks physically. Love to buy it physically. And some of these I will end up buying it again. Um, but however, the artwork, and this is why I buy books cause I love looking through the artwork and stuff like that. So maybe someone here falls in love with the image and that's just enough. So maybe they don't have to be a fan of the band but they can be a fan of the artwork. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's,
1: that's a fair thing to say.
0: It is, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's the problem is like then I'm still like, yeah, but can you do a little bit of research to the band as well? Because one is if they fundamentally contradict all your beliefs. Like you're a Christian who doesn't believe in anything like abortions or you're going to go to hell if you don't drink vinegar on the Sunday afternoon or whatever, to, it, is. whatever it is, right? You know, there's, all, there's, there's probably a reason but you're, you're wearing a Slayer shirt or you're wearing a Cannibal Corpse shirt or something, you yeah, know? Yeah,
1: the like the shirt, yeah.
0: You know, and that's the whole guess, I think, you know? And maybe that's part of the problems I'm going too deep into this, but I think, um, I don't know, I just entertained the
1: thought for a bit. Well, with, look, these guys who want to like be pseudo metalhead fans, there's so many genres and bands of metal with different styles, you will find a band you like. So just do a bit of research into the style of music you think you might like. Go to that middle section and wear one of their shirts. There, there would be a band you could think... You know what? I like that band. I'm going to wear that shirt. Yeah. But some of these some of these like, companies like H&M... They actually... It was H&M or one of those yeah. European ones... Actually came out with a line of fake metal band shirts to sell in their store... And they release like fake singles for each of these bands. I like, why can't you just like support the local metalheads? Yeah, community? pay them like
0: five bucks for the licensing fee or whatever or give them a cut of it, you know, And but uh, it doesn't
1: surprise me of a, be- of a label like that not trying to cut into their profits. Yeah. But we did a, uh, the article was it last year of that high-end fashion people like in France, I think, we're selling like fake, again, black metal, death metal, jumpers for like, 2,000 bucks a jumper. Yeah. And you like, know oh, what? Shoot. You got
0: someone like Kanye West and they'll buy it, these guys with way too much money and free time. Uh, and that's the whole thing. Metal did get popular in the fashion sense at the time. It seems like it got, fashion just gets so bored and so uninspired that it just rips off everything else and why not rip off metal, you know? Um, At the end of the day, I think what I want to leave it on though is uh, it is a good thing for people to get their work out there and stuff, but uh, the fans are connected to the music and uh, when we see a fan attacking someone for uh, doing something like this, I think they're justified to do it And, uh, and when the Kardashians do something like contradict themselves by saying, or, you know the who uh, listen to metal and earn their shirts uh, you you should be called out for what you are and that is a uh, piece of crap yeah Gene yeah it's a gene thing to gene do thing to and do. No, one, no one should be gene not even Jean Simmons, right so with that I guess that's
1: how we'll leave it on that note, Danny. Yeah, yeah, I think we've got a like, yeah, we passion out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope that, too, that didn't scare you guys too much or is you coming across like these elitist t-shirters. <laughs> it did kind of cram, cross a bit of a rant, but thanks to the guys who did uh, uh, answer this question. It was a lot of fun. Um, so we're going to head over to our final presentation now, and that is a CD review. CD review time. Once again, Danny, we have to thank two special people for recommending
1: this band to us. Yeah, definitely wrote. Uh, ben and Amy, Amy and Ben Carsons. That's a very nice thing for them to do.
0: Oh, you switched it around just in case you wear a FN1. Yes, <laughs> no, how you It's actually it? Amy and Ben. <laughs> but what does that mean? No, honey, you're saying. <laughs> that's right. We flipped the coin and we decided. Yeah. Uh, and, and they gave us quite the band. It's called Mechana. And the album, this one, is called As Embers Turn to Dust. Before you get into the, what we think of the album, Danny, let's do a little bit of a biography, okay? Mechana is a American industrial slash death metal band from Chicago, Illinois. Have that we ever a Chicago band? That's right. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> you know, first. Uh, apparently, they have no record label and are completely self-funded. The band has three members: David Holch, Joe Tuberry, and Mel Rose. There you go. There you go. The sounds they create, apparently, uh, is basically a mixing of symphonic, electronic, traditional instrumentation, uh, primarily made on the computer. That makes sense. Yeah, you can And we'll go into that a little bit later yeah. on, don't you think? We won't miss that one. Um, we also want to talk about that they, uh, got, they said themselves that they are... Uh, if they had to describe their music, they sound a lot like what would happen if you smashed Jimmy, Borgia, and Behemoth together with digitized Allotron Force with Dar Punk, Skrillex, in an epic battle to, of death with computerized arena... Uh, with no Holds barred, and the physics are distorted, the laws of physics are distorted. Quite an interesting thing. I would definitely uh, agree to that to a degree, and I would even further expand on it, saying if anyone out there wanted to know what it's like to, to that new age music from toilet break commercials, you know those really fancy toilet mm. break commercials with uh, blast beats, then this is the album for you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, I think the Behemoth thing and the Demi... Demi is Demi- the orchestral parts. Behemoth. I'm not too sure about that reference. But- yeah. Look, Behemoth do do tremolo picking, I guess. Like when it's like... I
0: And they do it as well. well but yeah. death metal, just say you're a death metal band. The Behemoth yeah, thing now in so, this yeah. album is very much... From the very early black metal to the middle death metal to Satanist where I guess it's black metal again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the album itself and the band itself, Danny, and Mechana, this is... I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like this before. It is strangely hypnotic, this album, but also really heavy. And it shouldn't work, but it does.
1: Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's a three-piece band and you can tell that they, uh, they're good and they're good with their orchestration, that they use definitely a lot of elements. I mean, the singing styles, you have tribal singing, female, male, growling, the siren callings and stuff. So they do combine a lot of those into their music. Mm. Again, the music goes in all these different parts. They go like very soothing at times, very heavy at times, very like, um, like staccato and stuttering at times or jarring feel so they definitely like to take you on a bit of a journey through this album the good things about the singing i think the once the screaming
0: is fantastic it's yeah, very it, it does it's very very good job the girl is very good she's very strong on all uh fronts uh she has a, a particularly wish a good song which i like was track five the synthesis signal i think her performance on that was very strong the guy singing interesting it kind of sounds like the guy from pendulum and that can be a good thing or a bad thing where it's very heavily processed. So I don't know how good this guy actually is at singing yeah. or how much it's covered up. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say, but I, I can hear it, man. That reverb, there's a lot of effects to it. Uh, does it suit the landscape though, Danny, from what they're trying to do over it yeah. or is it too far?
1: Nah, so that's the clever thing about it. Because this album, they call Mechana and their album, you can't forget of the lyric content is about, you know, changing humans, uh, machines taking over type thing. You could actually argue that maybe the effects they put on the singer style is to reflect. The, uh, the mechanical thing. Yeah, the mechanical theme and the syntax, whatever So he's it like, the album.
0: he goes to the guys, I think we should do this as a band, but I'm a bad singer. The guy was like, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> You're Optimus Prime? <laughs>
1: She's and, asking <laughs> and,
0: I, and I'm that really hot chick from the term, uh, the third Transform, the you know, the one with Michael Bay in it. Oh, uh, Megan, Megan Fox. Fox. Oh, okay, all yeah, right, yeah. so that's kind of the dichotomy. However, yeah. it works, all right? I'm yeah. not going to say that it's terrible at that point, but in all contexts, it does work against the landscape, right? The singing is pretty much there the whole time. Apart from three tracks, though, Danny, there are three
1: instrumentals. Is there not, Danny? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't really call the last instrumental. It's just kind of like a fade out.
0: Yeah, it's just like the sound of what would happen if dust were to make music. Yeah. And, uh, turns out yeah. it wouldn't be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And
1: I, look, that's, the, that's a bit of the problem with the instrumentals. They're too long because too long. It's, it's pretty much the generic. Uh, not generic. It's pretty much the repetitive riff for like four and a half minutes and instrumental shouldn't be that long. It-
0: I like the eighth track. I thought the Thus uh, Away is always a tyrant. So that was a bit sad and I liked it a little bit more. The fourth one, uh, Arian Rain, it was very much a kind of like a dream theater early kind of feel where yeah. it was like, it was there. Um, but um, I liked the one towards the end where it was kind of like showing, it was kind of like uh, not very happy. It was very dystopian. Uh, very sad. And I, I, that resonated more with me. The first one kind of felt like, um, not out of place, but uh, I guess it was good enough to break. But it also leads me to, there is some parts of the album, which uh, for as good as it is, when it's not great, it feels like a very much a new age concept, where it's a lot of noise, uh, maybe apparently white noise and nothing really there, maybe to add more ambience to it. But for me, sometimes I took away and just like the, the minute 40 intro, I think it was to Godspeed, for example, was like that all I have to be there, you know, Um generally I'll be like fast forwarding that. Couldn't they just skip that? Couldn't they have that as a first track and just if we don't yeah, want to listen yeah. to someone that's fighting into point. a into a you know, a toilet roll holder, maybe we just want to get straight into the action, you know what I mean? I don't know. But that's just my thing.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. I mean good track yeah. though.
0: After that gets into it, it's actually uh so
1: after they, they, they blend together the, the, the heavy grooves and the slow back down again at times and then increase it the a bit more emotion if they want to change it with a different singing styles or a bit more orchestration so they they do take the, the songs on a journey like the they do they they tie every song into it the next it's good like the end the ending riff continues to the the next song's intro riff so they do try to uh make a make pretty much like a storybook out of yeah. this album and they do that quite well i mean like they they most of the times they transition in between the songs and between the songs quite well.
0: Yeah, like towards the back of the album, you really get a feel that they start using similar elements from like maybe track seven to track nine and that, you know, they start to do that a lot. Even the feel, like they kind of like go the first four tracks or five tracks have a certain feel to it and then it breaks in half and the second track's more gentey, more processed sound, more mechanical, you know? So I get that maybe that was an intentional thing and I think for that, it really kind of made sense, you know? Um, But... The thing about it is, the most time, you know, even when it gets like really heavy for like track six, for example, where it gets a little bit more sinister sounding or yeah. that more folky kind of thing with, um, you know, synthesis signal and that, it's kind of interesting because the whole time, though, it's really is encapsulating you. And it's kind of like you're not thinking in the album, you're just kind of taking it all in. So it got hard to review in that sense. Uh, it was only when the, the pimples started to show to the surface when you realized that how great it was for when little
1: uh, nitpicks came to light, you know? yeah it's pretty much right I mean again cause these songs like, they feel they should be parts of soundtracks to like albums or orchestral arrangements yeah they are they are very good they do take on a journey like synth quite well the blending of like the, the drumming and the guitaring over like the soft orchestrations is quite nice
0: I find the orchestrations are the feature about this though I mean the, 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 the riffs themselves are pretty much backing towards it and um, the one thing I found is that the instrumentation is quite ambitious from strings to synth to you know different instrumentations as well like a lot of work was put in to how to make these riffs kind of shine more um, but again the because the, they've got such technical drumming in it as well and there is a lot going on with the right hand stuff but I find the left hand with the guitar is more about just kind of sticking with certain notes and phrases to make sure that they they give the keys and the, all those strings more time to sing and it's great because it's so unusual it's just and that was kind of the hypnotic thing in the trance it was just kind of transcending kind of uh, death metal in that sense, but uh, it shouldn't work, but it did.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, going to the drumming, it is a computer based drum and you can tell, and I think they use that too much to their advantage because some of those blast beats and double kicks are just too fast. The problem that I find
0: that when a human doesn't play it is that equate the same thing is that if you're having a conversation with five people in a room and one person had a voice and it did the same thing all the time. Like it talked in a monotone voice with no inflections and no other changes, but that's all he did was talk like that. And that's what you're getting from the kicks, right? Because there's no like different velocities or ways that hit things are getting hit softer than others and that. It just hits you all the time. And yeah, I'll agree with you, Danny. The drumming has to be a real drummer next time because uh, having a digital drummer, it just, it kills you. Like I said, it just beats you to death with this too much of a bombardment of sound and uh, having that human element to it would have helped a lot and then maybe process some of that with some of those synth sounds like the singer. That was the only big gripe I had with this and I had the same problem with um, it felt like with with Keith Merrow's stuff as well. They got a fake drummer and you can tell it sounds, you know, too processed, too hammy and and not authentic for an album that feels very authentic.
1: Yeah, again, you could argue that this one being like a machine-based concept album, you could argue electronic drum kit, it goes with the feel. But unfortunately, because you also want to get a bit of the attachment with the um, parts where it's quite soft and gentle with the strings and the singing, you also want to think there's that connection you need. And look, when the, the drumming was a bit more realistic, like in tracks three and stuff, when they slowed it down to kind of match, it, it, it worked a lot better. Yeah, but the immersion is more important though, I find. And that was the one thing that
0: took me out of the experience was sometimes when you hear kicks and snares and that, it just over bearingly loud over everything else and uh, it would have been nice to kind of hear someone who had a bit more of a human touch to it and then you can do stuff like add effects and stuff to it but that was it look aside from those little gripes uh, the album is just I, just I recommend this album to almost every metalhead to check out because it's like it's very good writing like even the death metal tremolo evil kind of stuff or when it goes into a bit more of a me- mellow feel or industrial metal feel all in all, it's it's very clever. Like putting all these things together would have been very hard, but these guys seem to do it pretty much flawlessly.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh, and then another is just on track two. They do a weird thing where they like to build up a song, then they stop it, and then it repeats again, the verse and chorus. Yeah, they did but, that. Yeah. yeah, but that stopping it just—it was too jarring. It's like you pull it all up, and then it goes away for like two seconds, and then you're literally building up the same. And it's quite a nice build up. Like that, the song itself is quite nice, but those, no, not tying in. Between the end of that chorus gets to start of the verse. It just, it just felt like oh, end the song there. What's the point of the yeah. next two repeats? I thought that's a bit odd.
0: Yeah, and I don't blame the the technical side of it. Nothing of the technical side of it I, I don't like. It's all great, and that is there's yeah. technical stuff underneath these kind of things is why it has so much charm and so much aura about this album. Um, just get a get a band that's just the whole band do it. You know, um, I would love these guys to get so big that eventually they can do like Dimmy Boogie does and have the actual instruments and everything played in the album and to hear what that would sound like. Um, that would be a dream, hopefully for them as well. Uh, unrealistic perhaps, but I do think this is a way metal can definitely branch off this path. And the thing about this is, is that this is a metal album, even if a lot of it has its space in other genres, it's an extreme sound as well. And it's extreme because it has the very light to the very heavy at the same time. Um, yeah yeah it was unreal it, uh, to, to, to see people out there who are trying to push it, the industry forward this is a way of doing
1: it yeah no definitely right it, for me it's like the the two albums we've kind of reviewed close to this if you get like Anthreal the band we yep. interviewed uh, did a couple of weeks and mixing with it the- uh, Persephone Persephone, yeah or Persephone, however how you pronounce it if you mix those Persephone two,
0: is what I've been told Persephone, by sorry. a special loved one uh, yeah. they still are a loved one even though I did feel a bit bad that I kept on saying the name wrong alright, I have no idea yet we'll have to ask the
1: band yeah, so you mix those two because one's is the um, very progressive orchestral and one of them again is just more like the hard rocking orchestral the other also having a bit of death into it so you mix those two is kind of what you get with this but at the same time it is it is quite hard to um so, say, sounds like another band. I mean, yeah. you, you could say, like, sounds like a Halo video game or just one of those type yeah. of like space games where it's just, I don't know, it's done like, it's done yeah, like, like a,
0: a day of sex when you're in this like yeah. dystopian future of like uh, government corruption and like conspiracy theory and you hear that kind of like it's like music, but they've just gone ahead and said, now nah, let's add another layer on top of that. And um, it's, it's, it's part of the familiar with the unfamiliar mm-hmm. and, um, I would like to think these guys can actually get an audience outside of metal. They would yeah. deserve one outside of metal, but there's such a, an abrasive sound at times that it might be hard. And uh, I think only metalheads can really appreciate that kind of effort. And most metalheads do find themselves listening to music outside of heavy metal as well. So they have a home in heavy metal. Um, who, I don't know. I, hopefully these guys take off. I'd love mm. to hear more stuff from them. Yeah. But uh, they are self-funded and they haven't got a label, so it might be a bit tricky. Patreon's the only way, brothers yeah, it and could sister.
1: Be, yeah, it's just, it could be a thing they just do for a bit of fun on the side. Who knows? But they are, they are very good. It sounds like these guys should be doing uh, like songs or soundtracks they for They should be at New obscureous
0: level. They should be getting hundred grand a year, touring, doing what they love, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Because it is pretty much metal that this is what people want, man. Something that's different. No one's heard before.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it uh, is. Best of is luck to them, man. Different drama. I don't know what you can call it. E- e- Epic metal or yeah. something. I don't know what you death call it. Next time, hopefully
0: they got get drummer for the next album. But apart from that, man, more just more of this, please, and see how you can take it, how far I stretch it, you know. This album's got everything from the death metal to the gent to the, uh, yeah, to, to uh, New Age, symphonic, everything. It's, yeah, no, yeah. it's unreal. You
1: yeah, know, it's really good. Like, yeah, definitely check at least one of the tracks out. I mean, i have just check from the other tracks out. Yeah, you got a feeling like You're anything feel- from like
0: one, two, three, five, that pretty much yeah, there. So Any track will give you a very much the landscape of the album, you know, and whether you like it or not. And that's the funny thing is, you have to check out the whole album, just check out a track. Yeah. And if it's your thing, then uh, get ready for more of that for the rest of the album.
1: Yeah, no, definitely right. Yeah, like, definitely worth listening. Well, with that,
0: guys, hopefully uh, the Carsons liked our review with that because uh, they really dug it. And I can see yeah. why, man. And uh, we did dig it too. We thought it was great. Uh, hopefully, we'll hear more from that band. But uh,
1: that is the end of that show, Danny. Yep, and in the words of Mechina, tear the horizon, we will bring the gift of life. At any moment, we will breathe the air of our new world.
0: That is definitely the toilet roll that I've been searching for. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, we did that, that. I guess we'll get the special announcement as well. We are going to be moving Super Metal Brothers out. We're going to be doing it on Mondays from next week onwards. We are going to be recording it a little bit uh, earlier in the week, so we thought we'd bring it to you a bit earlier for you guys and uh, see how that goes for you. And uh, really about that though, we we'll were doing a classic review for next week uh, to go back. We haven't actually done a retro review in a while, and so that would be exciting. Hey, Danny
1: oh definitely right, man this is one that's got me on the edge of my seat
0: oh that's right it's one of the biggest bands we even might have mentioned them tonight as well oh, so oh, oh can you I... believe maybe we can talk about that but uh, you know spoiler warnings until then though I am Super Metal Brother Matt and I'm Super Metal Brother Dan we've been the Super Metal Brothers thank you so much for listening catch you next week
1: in the future